0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the word. Well, I think I can share a little word with you now. But my notes are all messed up now. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I got a lot of content for today that I wanted to use today as a lot of teaching and some things that God wants to do. Got a series going on right now. Go ahead and be seated. Let me just see what the Lord does here. In this series, Christianity Plus, the Holy Spirit Upgrade, We talked last week that you were designed for the Holy Spirit. You were designed for the upgrade. God has promised an upgrade, not just living life, getting through day to day and week to week in the same routine, but you need that upgrade that brings the joy and the love of the Holy Spirit. And you might've got this handout. Hopefully you got this handout today when you came in we're going to have it available for our online audience as well we're going to use this throughout the series we'll have them fresh uh, every day every Sunday they're at the welcome center and you can just keep them write your notes on the back and these are all the different names of the Holy Spirit Um, and these are some of the symbols that you read in scripture because I don't want this to just be a, a sermon series and a subject and we move on to the next thing this right here can change your life forever is understanding the role of the Holy Spirit, understanding that you were made for more, you were designed for more, God's called you to do more, and that there's more to God. And the Holy Spirit plays that role in our life. And so today, I was going to talk about the first installment, the first installment. Now, to be theologically correct, you, get, you do get all of the Holy Spirit, but there are different works that the Holy Spirit uh, does in our lives. And And uh, so if I don't get to all of this today, uh, I'll have to make that available for next week as we move on. But today I did want to kind of spend some time uh, on teaching and and giving you some scriptures and understanding with the Holy Spirit. Bible illiteracy, I think, is a serious problem uh, we have in our country and even in the church where we just don't know things and we should be knowing things. Listen, it may not be a sin to not know your Bible, but I think it is a sin to never know your Bible. Uh, I just do. I think we need to have a better uh, understanding of what the Word tells us to do. And so it's like when you get an upgrade on your phone or you get an upgrade when you get a car and you upgrade to the level where it's got heated seats and leather seats or whatever. Uh, Let's use the phone, for instance. There's always a little bit of a manual or a description telling you about the upgrade. How many read that? How many do not read that? Amen. Yeah. And then you go by somebody who has the same exact phone and they're able to do everything. And oh man, I, this just happened to me a little bit ago. I was like, man, that's pretty cool. That's a cool camera. That camera does that. I'm like, yeah, you could zoom in, you can do all of this. I'm like, man, I wish I had that. And I pulled out my phone, it's the same exact phone. <laughs> and, and they go, yeah, like, look here. And boom, boom, boom. What was the difference? He read the upgrade, he read the manual. And I think the more you, that's why we have that piece of paper and there's just so much we're going to, you can't just talk about it in one message, but the Holy Spirit can do things according to, he can do exceedingly and wonderful things that even that you can't even imagine, Ephesians 3.20 says. There are so many things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives and get through us. So I want to give you a little bit of a manual here today. I guess we'll just see how far I can get with this today, but... Let let me help you with your understanding. There's three basic uh, themes in the New Testament when you talk about the Holy Spirit. Three major themes about the Holy Spirit when you read the New Testament. And that is being born of the Spirit, being baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, and walking with the Holy Spirit. You need to write these down, screenshot your screen or whatever. You need to know this, you need to understand this. Every one of Paul's letters, whether you're in Colossians, Galatians, Ephesians, you're, or John is talking about the Holy Spirit, not having the spirit of the world, but the spirit of the Father, all of these can be broken into one of these three categories. Jesus taught about being born of the Spirit, which I wanted to get to today. That's the first installment. But there's a, there's a being born of the Spirit, born again, being what we call saved. That's the, that's the first thing the Holy Spirit does in our life is get you saved. The other person next to you, is it time for you to get saved? Amen. No, I'm just saying. Just <laughs> you get saved, be born of the Spirit. Then you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need that baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it's not just a one time thing. You'll read in the book of Acts that they were filled multiple times. They were filled multiple times. And I go way back to when they asked the question to William Seymour. He was an African American, a, a black man who had a one eye, he was a one eyed black preacher in the azusa street revival which started the assemblies of god which started all of these pentecostal denominations we have today it started on azusa street in california in california I mean, come on somebody of all places they they started with the outpouring how many think california can use a fresh come on are you in california today god wants to pour out a spirit in california everybody's like yeah amen And they asked William Seymour, they says, why do you keep pushing this thing called being filled with the Holy Spirit? Why do you keep repeating that we need to be filled? And I love his answer. It's still true to today. He says, because I leak. I leak. And you read in the book of Acts that the apostles were baptized in the Holy Spirit in chapter 2. When the Holy Spirit came in like a sound of a mighty rushing. what? Wind. We learned that last week. It's one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. He come in like but you'll find them being refilled again and again and again. That's something you'll do for the rest of your life until Jesus comes. You need to learn that. And and to walk in the Holy Spirit. There's where, there's where we are on Monday morning when the goosebumps fall fade. When you strike out last night and when you lose, you gotta learn how to walk in the spirit. Walk it off. Come on, amen. But they cheated, but I know, but you you need to learn to walk it off. So let me give it to you this. What's the importance? Being born of the Holy Spirit is necessary for eternal life. I just want to teach this to you for a moment. Being born of the Spirit is necessary for eternal life. Jesus taught that. Being filled with the Holy Spirit uh, empowers us to live the new life. Being filled with the Holy Spirit empowers us to live the new life. Jesus said, I don't want you to do anything. Until you go and, and receive power in the upper room in Acts chapter 1. This was after he already breathed on them and gave them the Holy Spirit. I'm going to try to show you that today. And then thirdly, walking with the Spirit is how you maintain a victorious life. What's wrong when, when we see people falling into sin? You see leaders falling into sin. You see church people and, and, you know, that, that, are, that are these uh, icons in the Christian world, worship leaders, and, and wrote great songs. And yeah, they were anointed and preached great sermons. And, and uh, I mean, it's just amazing. The anointing of God, yes, were they saved? Yeah, they're saved. What happened? How do you explain that? They quit walking with the Spirit. That's exactly what happened. It's not a mystical thing. They followed the flesh. How many know Paul said that? He taught that all in the book of Romans. He taught all of that. My mind's telling me no. Come on. Remember last week? That's exactly what that is. And every single day you're going to have to learn to follow the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, Reinhard Bunke said, If you remove the Holy Spirit, Christianity is just a religion. You might as well just be another religion. What are you? I'm I'm Pentecostal. I'm Baptist. I'm Methodist. I'm Catholic. I'm, I'm I'm this. I'm that. We all have our flavors. Jesus never came to start a church, a denomination. He came to set fire on the earth. And how I wish it was already kindled. That's what Jesus said. He said, "I come to, sh- to start a fire." Isn't it a symbol of the Holy? Spirit? You need some fire. You need some passion. I don't know. I didn't look. That's why I love sitting on the front row. I don't turn around and see how everybody worships. But how was your worship today? How was your worship? How how is it when you're at home and you're in your prayer closet? Are you able to stir the gift? Are you able to get the flames going? If you have the Holy Spirit and and learn how to be filled with the Holy Spirit and learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit, then yes, you can do that. That's how you make it through COVID. That's how you make it through surgeries. That's how you make it through tragedies. That's how you make it through... Uh, marriage problems. That's how you make it through. You make it through the Holy Spirit. I'm not making this up. You remove the Holy Spirit and all we have is a religion. Let me just try this in Ephesians 1. You got your Bibles? We'll go to Ephesians 1. I got the uh, another translation that I'm going to use, and I got it on the screen. I preach out of the New King James, but I love reading other translations to help you get a little bit more insight. And I love the wording of it, and this is where I got the title of the message of Paul. In the whole first chapter of Ephesians, is talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the role of the Holy Spirit, and he says, I, in Him... Six times, meaning the first thing you get is you get your your identity. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, but let's let's just read it. It says in verse 14, I'm going to focus on 14 and 17 uh, today, just the time we got left. In him you also uh, trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Everybody see that? you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is a first installment, King James says uh, earnest, New King James says deposit, you may have guarantee, but what it is, it's the first installment of our inheritance, meaning that's he gave you a guarantee, he gave you a deposit, he gave you the first installment of what we're all going to receive when once we get into heaven. But he's, he's telling the audience and us that there's more to the Holy Spirit than just uh, having a little prayer or even just praying in tongues. And There's more to that. There's a whole depth of the Holy Spirit that he wants to do in our life. That he will um, help us in every area of our life. This is just the first installment, then he says, of our inheritance regard, uh, regarding redemption. Everybody say redemption. And then in verse 17, he says, I, I keep asking that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, everybody say revelation. Watch this, so that you may know him better. You can't even know God the way you're supposed to know God without the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? You can have a book knowledge, but not have an, any kind of an understanding of who he is. It, you can be like I was raised in church. I was seven inches away from the kingdom of God. It was all up here, but none of it was in here. You can be that far away from the kingdom of God, that far away from the things of God. That's why when Jesus first came preaching, what was the message? He said the kingdom of God is at hand. I love my dad. He used to always preach this, this way. Put out your hand. Put out your hand at home come on put your hand out right there jesus is when he first came john the baptist the whole dispensation there until jesus died and gave us the holy spirit he said everything you need is that right there it's right at hand all the and to the jewish audience who's been waiting for the messiah and waiting for in the last days i will pour out my spirit they've been waiting on that when he began to make that statement that's exactly what he was saying The wait is over. You can have it. you got to learn to bring it in. you got to learn to reach out and say, yes, Holy Spirit, I want as much as you can give me. So the first installment, to be theologically correct, it's not that you get more of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit gets more of you. I'm going to show you that in weeks to come. But the first thing he says there is the first thing that you get with the first installation. The very first thing is you get your identity, you get saved, you get born again. There's a word that I want to give you, it's a biblical word, a theological term. You may know it, you may not. It's called regeneration. And we, you know, I hate hearing that. You know, we shouldn't use those big, deep words because you're not going to connect with people. Listen, I'm all for connecting with people. I did a whole another series on table talks. But listen, sooner or later we need to learn some things in the Word of God. We need to learn some of, these. some of these. Some of us know more about the NFL draft and every player coming out of college than we do about the 12 apostles that changed the world. I'm, come on, fellas, I'm not getting on you. You know I love football, but I, I tell you what, I got more of a passion for the one who gave his life for me than I do for anyone throwing the ball around. All 20 of you, thank you, Amen. Well, I'm just trying to challenge us today. It's not a sin to not know the answer, but I believe it's a sin to never know the answer. Peter said, always have an answer for someone who asks you for the hope that you have in you. So there's your scripture if you need one to actually back that statement up. Always ask yourself, why I don't? That will always reveal your heart. Why don't I worship? Why don't I raise my hands? Why don't I? Why, why don't I? Why don't I know what the Bible says? Why? Why won't I become a member or why won't I sign up to join that team? Why won't I attend regularly? Why won't I spend time with God in, my pre- in the presence every single day? I know the Bible tells me to do that. Why won't I do that? And when I ask myself that, because I have had to ask myself that, the Holy Spirit will say, I've been waiting for you to ask that. This is why. Boom. Because your priorities are out of line. Or because of this is out of line. Because that is out of line. Peter made this statement in Acts chapter 5. I think it's 38. Write this down. You'll never hear this preached on a Sunday at any church. Peter says, the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey him. King James. You'll never hear that preached. Because we, we believe, you know, it's this and that. But what did he say? You don't earn the Holy Spirit. But there are some things in our life. The Holy Spirit will just leave you in park. If you say no and he's asking you to do something, some of you haven't heard the Holy Spirit tell you anything recently or you haven't had a freshness of the Holy Spirit. I would say go back to the last thing he told you to do and have you obeyed him when he asked you to do that one thing. Because you can learn in the whole Old Testament, God let the children of Israel roam around the same mountain for 40 years. It's not like our education system today or what I would do is if I was a school teacher and I'm in first grade, teaching first graders, and you're starting to go through puberty, I'm going to pro- finally send you on to second grade. Come on. That's what I'm going to do. Amen? But God will leave you in kindergarten with an AARP card. If, come on, I'm preaching. If you don't learn to obey him the way he's caused you to obey him. I feel the Holy Ghost today at 16650 some... I need a fresh word from the Holy Spirit. You haven't done nothing with the old word. Why is he going to get you a fresh word? I liked him when I first came in. He had that nice sweater on and shoes and that worship. Can we go back to singing? No, I'm trying to help us today. Trying to help us today to get unstuck. Some of us are stuck. Aren't you tired of getting stuck? You got to get unstuck. The Holy Spirit is a helper. He'll push you. We used to have an old Thunderbird that was just falling apart. How I many ever had a car that's falling apart? We call them hoopties or bucket. How I many had a bucket? Come on, somebody. How I many had a hoopty? That means you had a big bucket. If you had a hooptie. if you had a hoopty, that Thunderbird the the reverse went out in it years ago. Melinda and one of our friends. I don't know if Tanya was with you or what, but she went to. My favorite place, White Castles. Anyway, uh, that's not my favorite place, but not bad. Anyway, in the drive through line, she got stuck, and she needed to get out, and there's no reverse. Melinda was pregnant with Felicia. That's how long ago it was. My wife, she opened the door, stuck her foot out, got her friend, said, I don't know what you you need to ride for. You need to get out and help me push. They got out and helped push that car. And they got out of the way until someone was able to come and help them. Some of you are like that. You're, you're doing fine. You don't put your order into God, what you want in your life. You're ready to move on. You're asking God, I don't place my order even in Jesus' name. I've been going to church for three weeks now. I turned the corner. I'm getting excited about that double cheeseburger and some White Castle fries. And all of a sudden, you get stuck. You need the Holy Spirit to come alongside. How many, is this helping anybody today? And say, hey, I need to push you. I need to push you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Regeneration, that's the process of spiritual renewal or revival. That's what the birth is. Spiritual renewal. We got a lot of people in our culture today that wants to be spiritual. Spiritual. We're spiritual people. We rub crystals on our bodies and stones and burn incense. And, and, and you know, we look into you know horoscopes and we got all these different things that we're trying because we're spirit. I meet people all the time, Pastor Eddie. Are you a pastor? I just met someone at a dinner recently. Said, oh, you're a pastor. Well, I, I consider myself a spiritual person. You know, and, and being at a table talk, you know, it was able for me to connect with them and talk with them and then try to try Slowly bring them to a place where, listen, you don't have to look to crystals or stones or stars. I can introduce you to the one that made the crystals, the stone, and the stars. I want to help push you into a living relationship with Jesus Christ. It's called being born again. Being born again. You need the first installment. You need to be born of the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm getting away from myself. Look, look, Look at How do you get that, Pastor Reddy? First thing he said in Ephesians, look what he said. He said, after you heard the word of truth. Many people hear. After you hear the gospel. Then, after that, in whom also, everybody say also. Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. I love that. Can I just talk about being sealed for a moment? That word seal means a mark. It means a A um like a king would wear a ring and that would be his signature. Whenever he bought property or anything, he would put his stamp. You ever hear that stamp of approval? Seal of approval. That's exactly what that was. He'd put his ring on the dotted line and say, I now own that property. This is me signing it because this is unique to me and this is my seal. Paul said, when you really get saved, the Holy Spirit, it comes in and marks you for the rest of your life. He puts God, you are... You are His. You are in Him. You are His property. That's why it says you've been bought with a price. Right. Corinthians 3.16, Know ye not that the Spirit of God dwells in you? He has saved you. He, you've been bought with a price. Meaning He has bought us out. I'm going to get ahead of myself. But He has put His, his seal on us. His, his mark on our lives. And when He does that, you know, you're different. We're uncommon. He marks us. We're set aside that we, we belong to God. We're different. We're uncommon. We're, we're His. It's different. We've been set aside. And when God puts His mark on us, and He begins to change us, and when He, when he calls us out, when, he, when God calls us out, don't try to fit back in. I said, when God calls you out, don't try to fit back in. Many of you have compromised your uniqueness because you're wanting to fit in. God has made you different. Some of you, way different. Amen. I've always been different in my family. I always, how how many feel different in your family? Amen. That's all right. You know what? God wants you to use, every one of us have different skills. We have, the Bible says we all have gifts and abilities and talents. And we're all different. That's what makes it so beautiful when we get together and harmonize those gifts for a greater purpose. Welcome to the church. Ecclesiastia is a Greek word for church. What does it mean? Called out. You're different. He said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But you're salt on the earth. Everything salt gets on, it, it changes the flavor. You're a city on a hill that can't be hidden. You're called out. You're to be different. So what the Holy Spirit does in this scripture, so you understand, we're reading the manual, is that he takes your God-given uniqueness, you could be a twin, and still be unique. Everyone has a different fingerprint. Isn't it amazing? Six billion people on planet Earth, and we've all got different fingerprints. I mean, God, a snowflake in Michigan. You, for watching, if you're outside of Michigan, we got this stuff that shows up around... Whenever it wants to, it's called snow. And it's different. You ever see that? I mean, I learned that way back in school. Isn't it amazing if you really just think of the science behind that and how, how awesome that must be? God did it on a purpose. He takes your uniqueness, here it is, that you go through life. Some of you have an ability to just make things happen. That's why you get promoted at work. You just have a knack for it. You, you just are good at it. And you, when you find that, you really thrive in it. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he takes your God-given abilities, listen, and he anoints them. He, He anoints them. Anoint means to enhance, to enlarge, to make even better. Oh, I that means you're able to do good. You're a teacher, and the kids just relate to you. You get anointed. You get, you get the regeneration work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Then you'll be able to transform kids, not just educate kids. You'll be able to have them drawn to you. It'll come more naturally. It'll come more easily. you be a musician. You can make people stand up and, and cry and have goosebumps. There's some great music in our history. Yes. It's just great when you just, and, they, and these editors in these movies know how just to put that song right in the right time. I go way back to Rocky because I'm from the 80s. That's just how it is. <laughs> you, you know, you remove that, <clears throat> I'm going to have a singing, I of the Tiger. Here we go. I am, you all know the song, I of the t- okay, yeah. Don't that song just go, pff, it's so good. And that's good, and that's cool, and songs, you know, music, there, there's a whole, but let me tell you something, music is very spiritual. There's a whole spiritual element to music. It really is. When David was called to, to help King Saul with the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul in an evil spirit. That God allowed into Saul's life because of his disobedience. He was tormented every day. And what did they do? They, he said, Give me a psalmist, not even a singer. Give me a musician. David never sung to Saul, he played to Saul because he didn't just have a gift, he had an anointing. And when you have an anointing, you can go past the goosebumps. You can go past the crying. You can go past the, woo, that's good. You can look at a tragedy and say, I will not be moved because he is with me, and I'm going to make it through the end. Got me preaching today. I feel this today. It's not about feelings is what I'm trying to say when you get anointing because you ain't going to feel it. And there's where the secular got to sit down when the sanctified and the Spirit of God begins to take over because when you don't feel like worshiping, but you're able to worship. When you don't feel like giving, but you will give. When you don't feel like reading, but you will read. When you don't feel like sharing your faith about a God who you feel has left you, you still will do it if you have the upgrade. If you have the anointing and you know what? People go, why is that person different? Because they've been marked. Amen. Amen. They've been marked. They've been marked. They've been, they've, God put his mark on you. And when you're marked, you will in your that means you're what? Uncommon. Let me tell you something about living an uncommon life. Because you need to learn to get used to that, because we don't like it. We want to fit in. And again, you compromise that uniqueness that God wants you to use, your ability to help further the kingdom of God. But it might mean that you don't get recognized and you won't, you won't get the accolades and you may lose some friends and you may lose all of this. And so we tend to try to hurry up and go back. That's, that's our sin nature. That's, that's where you got to learn to walk with the Spirit. You end up compromising what God has for you. But you got to learn to say, hey, I'm in Christ. And I've been marked and I've been sealed. But when you're, when you're marked and you're uncommon, you'll also fight uncommon battles. This is why some of you are battling things that even your family members don't even understand. Because God has his mark on you for a specific reason. And since you get saved, you start fighting these battles, and everybody else around you ain't fighting these battles. Why, Pastor Reddy? Because they ain't marked the way you are, honey. Because you got God's seal of approval on your life. You got that first installment. But I want you to know that he's also the helper. He's also the comforter. He's also going to give you the power. He's also the fighter. He's also the one that's going to protect you. All he needs you to do is step aside and let him do what he wants to do in your life. Did you catch that today? When he calls you out, I'll say it again. When he calls you out, don't try to fit back in. You've been marked. You've been sealed. That's point number one. Hallelujah. 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 You've been sealed. Let me just let me just stay right here and just drive this down because this is so important. How do you know? that you get really born again. Let me just, let me tell you something. When I said that it is necessary for salvation and I said, I'm not making it up. I'm not making it up. Jesus Christ said that. He said in John chapter three, at a table talk with a guy named Nicodemus who was genuinely wanting to know how to get to heaven, how to, how to do this thing. And Jesus said, you must be born again. You must have the Holy Spirit in you. I'm not into that Holy Spirit stuff. Pastor. I'm not. That. Listen, it's not weird. You're weird, probably. If we followed you home and watched some of the things we do, how many's weird? And will admit you're weird. Come on, somebody. Amen. Yeah, that's good. God can work with that. The rest of you, you're lying because we are. I'll ask the other person that goes home with you. Amen. I'll just leave that alone right there. Peter actually says in his epistle, "You are a peculiar people." There's you a license. It gave a license to the weird to become even weirder. <laughs> but it's, it's the way we are. You, you've been, but you're born of the Spirit. Listen, it's not a weird thing. It's a beautiful thing. Because it can take a person that struggles with addiction and depression and whatever your, your jail is, whatever your prison is. You're not good enough. You're never going to be good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not this. You're not wealthy enough. You're still single. You're married, but you have no kids. You're married with kids, but they're driving everyone crazy. I mean, there's always a little prison that you can get into. But the verse in verse 7 says, not only have you been regenerated, you've been redeemed. And that's what redemption means. Let me just give you that, because I just went with it. You need to know that you've been redeemed. Tell the person next to you, I've been redeemed. A release in, in, by payment of ransom, that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ paid for the upgrade. Before I go any further, this is where Jesus comes in, because it's been all about the Holy Spirit. Jesus paid for that upgrade. How do you I know he paid, for the whole, he paid for the Holy Spirit's upgrade to be in our life. In John 7 37, he says this famous scripture. This is closing number one. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. It says, If anyone is thirsty, come to me and let him drink. Meditate while I drink. Jesus said, If anyone is thirsty, bless, first of all, in the Beatitudes, blessed are you if you hunger and thirst. Because not everybody is thirsty for this stuff that I'm given. Can't wait to get out of here. I got so much to do. Listen, we all do. But listen, are you hungry for more? Blessed are you if you hunger and thirst for righteousness. You're blessed because not everybody does have that. Jesus stands up at this feast. I wish I had time to give you the context because this is an amazing situation. Jesus raises his voice. So was Jesus a preacher? I love that. Yeah, he was a preacher. They didn't have this thing. Jesus and Peter wasn't and Jesus up, you know, before he was getting ready to preach. He was a preacher. After his one sermon, in the Sermon on the Mount, the Bible says they all left amazed at his preaching. Said, we've never heard someone preach like this. He does not preach like the Pharisees and the scribes. He was like, hey! He did. He raised his voice. Is that what your Bible says? I'm not making it up. He raised his voice. And he said, if anyone is thirsty, come unto me let him drink. This is, he's, I want you to catch this. This he is talking about the Holy Spirit who was not yet given, watch this, because Jesus was not yet glorified. I don't have time to show you back last week we were in Genesis. Adam and Eve had the glove on, the hand and glove. It was beautiful. Filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. He was a spiritual man. It lasted for one chapter. Chapter 3, he lost everything. He lost his, his relationship. He didn't have the presence of God. The Bible says he hid from the presence of God. The very first thing to happen when we begin to backslide is we will hide from the presence of God. And sometimes we'll find an excuse to why we want to hide. I'm not coming to church anymore because they're in the gym. They didn't get that slide right, and I didn't hear my favorite singer sing their song today. I mean, we come up with, with the dumbest things when really our heart is growing cold, and we love sin more than righteousness, and we love darkness more than God, and so we're looking for a reason for you to offend me so I can leave. But God says, I love you too much, honey. I want to, I sometimes I'll offend your mind just to see what's in your heart because I got a call on your life, I got a seal on your life, and I'm trying to teach you to stretch and grow up yes. in me and in love, <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah. But the Holy Spirit was not given, and we're reading the upgrade. You got to understand this. So, since Adam fell, he hid from the presence of the Lord, he had to, re- he was reduced, he lost the upgrade, he had to go back from playing with some sweet graphics all the way. All the way. Come on, gamers. (laughs) What is he doing? Is his hands cold? (laughs) Adam went from talking to God, walking with God. Every day, they had an appointment, Steve. The Bible says God would meet with him in the breezy time of day. The cool of the day, says King James. But it's the breezy time of the day. And God heard the wind. He heard the breeze. He heard the what? Holy Spirit. He came and said, hey, Adam, you're missing your appointment. Where are you? God wasn't lost. I mean, when God asks us a question, he's not looking for information. Adam said, I found out I was naked. So we hid ourselves with these leaves. God said, who told you that? What voice you've been listening to? Who told you, you you were like that? Who told you that because you got those desires, you got to be that way? Well, my favorite show showed me this and really answered a lot of questions. And so I'm sorry. Who told you that? Who told you in your life because you're not married at this age, you're, now, you're now, not uh, successful, you're not worth it. Who told you that because that happened to you in your life that I can't use you? Who told you that just because you made that mistake once in your life that, that I can never use you again? Who told you that? So he covered himself with figs, fig leaves. What's that? That's man's attempt to make us look good and have righteousness. The New Testament calls it self-righteousness. Paul said, it's like a basket filled with dirty cloths compared to the righteousness that we get clothed with in Christ. In him, Ephesians chapter 1. We're back at my text. I didn't forget about it. That's a man's attempt to cover us up. You ever meet someone, you ever fall and try to get up so fast no one sees you fall? We had a neighbor that did that. We went to pick her up to church, and my girls were teenagers, and we still talk about it to this day. She came to get out, and she slipped and fell. We're all in the car waiting for her. She got up. As soon as I heard him go, oh, I looked, she's up. I was like, we laugh about that to this day. Shout out to Courtney. We do that. As soon as we fall, we get back up. Nothing happened. That's Adam and Eve. So God said, here, let me, let me clothe you. And he performed the first sacrifice. And so Adam was reduced to a sacrificial system. That's how he had a relation. Because God don't do sin. He can't. Right around late August, early September... When I was in my early 20s, I began to have this reaction, and I thought it was cats and dogs because my friend we were over there watching preseason football, and that's usually September, you know, in that August, and, and I'm breaking out. Long story short, I was relate, I was allergic. I have allergies. Apparently, you grow into them. I'm in my 20s. I was already losing my hair. Come on, now I'm getting allergic to stuff, and I was allergic to ragweed and cats. And dust. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Adam. Because I can, I can make a hammock in a, right in the middle of a dust ball and not be a, an allergy. If you wouldn't have messed everything up anyway. here's. So, listen, I can't be around ragweed. How many got allergies today? Okay. You can't be around. You, you don't even have to be told it's in the room. Let me tell you something. God is holy he can't do sin. He can't do sin. I don't have enough time to land here and unpack it, just say, okay. But God loves us so much that he says, Adam, I still want to have a relationship with you, but sin is so awful, it can only be redeemed by the shedding of blood, Leviticus, because life is in the blood. And so you're going to have to have this relationship with me, but you're going to have to be so perfect and you got to, your, your sins have got to be covered and all of, all of this. And so he, he clothed them himself, Genesis says. What's he doing? He's showing them that one day I'm going to send my sacrifice and it's going to be so good. It's going to restore that relationship with you and me. So throughout the Old Testament, they never had the Holy Spirit in them. The Holy Spirit would just come upon them. The Holy Spirit would come upon Samson. The Holy Spirit would come upon Jeremiah, Isaiah, Elijah, Moses. They would, they would, he would, they would, the Spirit of God would come upon them. Jesus makes this comment in John. He says, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot see. Uh, he has been with you. He dwells with you, but he will be in you. What Jesus is saying, he's saying, I'm going to pay for the upgrade. Now, I'm, I'm really closing this time. Are you with me? He says, I'm going to pay for the... You you need to understand this. And the apostles, that's why they never could understand the things of Jesus. And that's why many of you today listening to me... Or in the building or however, and maybe that describes you. You can know all about the church and know all about the things of God and all of that, but you seem to just be living in a preview. You be, the Holy Spirit just seems to show up in your life, and you can look back at your life. and he, you know You didn't die in that car accident or this happened, and the Holy Spirit has been with you. I'm telling you, you're living in a preview. But I want you to know today that God wants you to have the full, He wants you to have the installment, that first installment, which is the Holy Spirit. And in John chapter 20, this is where he gives it to his... So when did the Holy Spirit begin to dwell in us since Adam lost all of that? Man, I, there's a lot of theology in this. You may need to rewatch this. Look at those scriptures and, and think about this. But you've got to learn this and understand this. The, when the Holy Spirit came into people's lives, it was actually the first time was on Resurrection Sunday. Jesus came to his disciples in John 20, and he showed them his hands and his side... Then the disciples were were glad. He, He takes them out of the city, Luke tells us. He raises his hands, the Bible says, and he blessed them. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Who does that sound like? Last week, what did God do to Adam? So what is this, Pastor Eddie? Because Jesus then tells them right after he breathes on them. He says, I want you to go into the upper room and wait for the promise that you will receive power from the Holy Spirit. Because people will tell you that there's only one thing you need to know about the Holy Spirit. As soon as you get saved, that's all you're ever gonna have of the Holy Spirit. Listen, that's that's not, I'm gonna show you that is not true. You can have that if you, yeah, you go to heaven. You'll be able to make it into heaven, but God wants you to be endued with power. It's called the baptism in the Holy Spirit, so you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So back up to this. So what did they receive? They were born again. That's why in Luke, Luke adds this. He says that God, Jesus opened up their understanding so they can comprehend the Scriptures. You can't even understand the scriptures. You can't even understand the things of God without the help of the Holy Spirit. Am I helping anybody today connect some of these dots in your doctrine and in your theology? Back to, and I'm really closing, number three. This is three's a charm. How do you get all of that? How do you really know that you got that first installment? How do you know you've been really saved? How do you know you've been born of the Spirit? It's a good question. Back up to Ephesians, if you got that scripture handy. Lawrence's first Sunday, I think, working the tech. Let's give him a hand. Amen. (laughs) Trial by fire, baby. In a series of the Holy Spirit. Welcome. Amen. (laughs) Does he got that first scripture in, uh, in Ephesians 1. He says, after you heard of the Holy Spirit and you also believed. One more. Go back up. Back up one more. Also having believed, you were sealed. So did you catch that? After you heard. Many people hear the gospel. People are hearing me right now. Many come every Sunday in here. Many log on in here every Sunday. I used to hear my dad and I heard Pastor Brown and I heard this preacher and that preacher. I heard the gospel. I know Jesus died for my sins. I heard it. But I had just a preview in my life. I didn't have any power in my life. I didn't understand the scriptures. I had no desire for the things of the scripture. What was wrong? I didn't have the first installment. I wasn't born of the spirit. Yeah, I'm going there. Jesus says a sobering scripture in Matthew chapter 7. He says, on that day of judgment, many will come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, did I not do these things for you? Did I not prophesy? Did I not do this? Did I do that? And Jesus is going to say, depart from me, you evildoers of iniquity, for I never knew you. What does that mean, Pastor Eddie? It means this. You can do a lot uh, for God and not have a life with God. You can do a lot for God and still not have a life with Him. So what's the key? He said, after you hear, you have to believe. Now you see that? Some of you were getting excited because I was going to give you some new revelation, and I said, believe. I've heard that. In our English vocabulary, it's so weak. It means, yeah, I believe. I believe. Some, you know, I believe we're going to go undefeated as a softball team. I believe, I believe, we believe everything. I believe, I believe I can fly. (laughs) I don't listen to that. I don't know where that comes from. We believe a lot of things, and so we think, you know, we got it. No, 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 no. Ephesians chapter 1. This is it. Let's all stand, because I'll really close. Man, 7 after, they're going to kill me. Our volunteers are in there teaching our kids They're not babysitting. They teach our kids. This whole month, our kids are learning how to live a godly life. They're learning to hear from God, talk about God, speak to God, and live for God. You need that with the Holy Spirit. The word believe in the Greek means to have faith and to commit and to trust in Him. That's how you get the first installment. That's how you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to begin His work in your life is you gotta get born of the spirit of God. I don't care if you're Catholic, if you're Methodist, you could be a member of my church and I've, that would be like, wow, but I would be okay just to admit. I know a pastor that had a son who was involved in his ministry, it was a big church. His son was teaching, his son was doing everything. And they had a, a revival night and a, a pastor, another evangelist came and preached about really having, being born again. His son answered that altar call and got saved. He's become one of the greatest authors in Christian books today that we know. He said, I never, I skipped first base. We can learn to do so many different things of God and and, and not say, Jesus, I'm going to repent of my sins and I'm going to invite you into my life right now. Come on, lift your hands in this place, all over the place. If you're at home right now, listen. We're gonna close this service out, but I'll I, and just go on, and we're gonna go on with our day and our week. But listen, this can be the most important thing you've ever done in your entire life. Is simply asking God to give you that first installment, to give you His Holy Spirit. This is just the first thing, man. There, you can get filled, by the way, even right now. There are people that got saved and filled at the same time. Even before they got water baptized in Acts chapter 10, it it can happen. But it starts with this right here. If you're here watching or in the building, you say, man, I need Jesus Christ to come into my life. I've been playing games. Maybe you was like Adam. You once were walking with the Lord, but, man, you fell off and you got all kind of sin going on in your life. And I'm not saying you got to be perfect, but you know what I mean. You need to rededicate your life and you need to ask God to give you some freshness today. He said, "I'll never leave you, nor forsake you, but you can forsake Him and be totally out of the place." If that's you, just lift your hands to Him right there, just invite Him into your life right now in Jesus' name, and I just begin to say, "Holy Spirit, sorry for grieving you." God right now and say God I'm just sorry of my sins right now go ahead just just confess and repent them before God we're sorry God forgive me of my sins forgive us oh God forgive me Lord I've allowed so many things in it's been such a crazy year Oh, God, so much. I've let some feelings come in back and, and this, and now it's led me here and there. Come on, if you need to get out of your seat, you can. If you want to come to the altar, you can. Come on, if you if you got to go, I, I ask that you go quietly and just, just move to the side and don't disturb anybody. No, come on, right now, if you just need to get that place where you once were with the Holy Spirit, then do that right now. If you're at home, come on, right now, just connect with Him. Holy Spirit, come into my life, come into my heart. Make me new again. Come on, complete that good work. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. Come on, can we just do that right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Holy Spirit, I need you in my life. Come on, he's marked you. He's put a seal on you. But you're trying to fit in, and you're hurting, and you're damaging what God's called you to do. back around today, Holy Spirit, by your help, with your help, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, when I've come with my agenda, I'm sorry, when I forgot, you're enough, take me back to it, well, amen and amen.